And that's the core of what I teach is like, focus on every line, every shading, every solid black. And as you do that one line, wipe it. And what do you think? Can it be better? Mm-hmm. Is it good? Do the next one better. It's like wax on, wax off. If you can make the next line better than the last, if you can do the next thing better than the last, you're going to get to your destination quicker, but it's going to make each process like much more enjoyable instead of like grunting and grumbling with each step that you're taking. Like it's, it's a miserable step and those steps are going to be longer. The journey is going to be longer, but however long it is, like you still just have to enjoy it. Otherwise you're going to step out of the journey. You're going to try to find something else to do. Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Olivier D. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast bringing a down-to-earth approach to personal growth. On this show, we're helping individuals just like you learn about tapping into their incredible potential through insightful interviews and inspiring lessons. Our mission is to encourage you to always keep pushing towards achieving your dreams and to stay awesome along the way. Hello, hello, awesome tribe, and welcome back to another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast, episode 189. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you're an OG part of the tribe, welcome back. Uh, again, as always, I missed you guys. I missed you guys. I hope you guys caught episode 188 with uh, Danny Moise, Brothers Got Your Back. Uh, that episode meant a lot to me uh, because, as you guys know, I'm a part of um, two particular men's groups uh, on WhatsApp uh, that I'm a part of, and uh, this is just in my efforts to keep the conversation going, especially amongst uh, not just men but black men, uh, Caribbean men, uh, who have to, you know, exercise that skill of actually opening up and being a little bit more vulnerable. So these types of conversations, I genuinely believe, when you hit record and you have the opportunity to have a brother on the receiving end who's able to create that space, and Danny and the group and uh, Fimo and Nigel and everybody uh, in and around. Around uh, the wonderful groups that I'm a part of are always ha- able to create that space of com- communication, empathy, and brotherhood that uh, is so necessary. So episodes like that, uh, and I genuinely mean this, um, if you know someone who needs to hear this and who is a man who, again, you need to check on your strong friends. So that man that might be sitting next to you and who has it all figured out and who keeps saying that he's fine and he's got it he'll figure it out maybe he can maybe he's the superhero maybe he is the spartan but it genuinely helps when we know that we have an ear that can listen and we can genuinely be there for one another so that was the kind of episode that i just want and wish to keep pushing out there because there are men who genuinely need to know that they are heard that they are loved and they are valued um so definitely guys if you can just add some fuel and share that episode um that definitely is in my heart of hearts one of those episodes that i genuinely believe can change or help someone's life or even save it um in those um very particular circumstances so thank you danny uh and uh brothers got your back for um you know creating that space and providing it uh to us men who need to hear it um like i said like i said i kept trying to you know uh, start the episode by reminding you guys that this is not for shameless plugging but the fuel that keeps this podcast going is the reviews. I really, 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 really am really politely and openly begging you guys to keep fueling either Spotify or Apple Podcasts, which are like the two main hubs where the podcast gets some fuel. You can go on Stitcher. You can go on Google Podcasts, whatever your podcast of preference. But the name of the game usually that fuels both podcasts 
is both um, I'm sorry that both platforms that fuel podcast uh, relevancy, if you will, is usually Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can go on there, leave a review, leave a rating, preferably a five star, but it definitely what tells the algorithm that the show is has momentum, that there is a community behind us, and that this message is actually worthwhile. And if please only do this, and I genuinely mean this, if you find some value, if you find some relevance, if you think that this content and these episodes and these conversations and these guests and these interviews definitely can bring even ever so slight of a sense of value into another person's life, do share and do let them know. And it's definitely something that helps us move the journey forward. It's something that really needs to help us grow. Um, so that's just me extending uh, just uh, an open arm of just asking for help. And, uh, you know, that's the only thing I'm asking for you guys. So if we can just keep the conversation, I'm sorry, just keep the communication and the sharing going and the ratings, that's always, always helpful. And I'm very open to any critiques and comments that you guys might have. And that's what I'm here for. I'm here to learn as much as I'm here to serve. So I can only bring you the content that I believe uh, that is uh, best to the best of my ability and that will serve you. But if I'm totally going sideways, I need you guys to let me know. So I'm always available via the DMs or awakentheawesome at gmail.com, as you know. So I just wanted to say that openly. Um, review. Uh, because I am bringing back those reviews because people need to know, you guys need to know that I do read the reviews and I genuinely do. Uh, so this one is off uh, Apple podcast and I'm basically going to, going to throw this one in. Uh, this is one from the OGs, uh, the OG listeners of the podcast. And this is someone who's basically, who's basically been, uh, you know, who actually went from a fan, uh, to a fam. So this is one, this one's from Kika way back when, even before we knew each other. Uh, but Kika has been not only a guest, but also a guest host, uh, on the podcast. So she's one, uh, one of the OG listeners of the podcast, please no jealousies, but I just wanted to read this one off because, uh, I, you go back in the history of your comments and you're like, wow, I, I never read that since before now. So absolutely love this podcast. Damn. Okay. Filled with wisdom and relatable stories. There's multiple awesome life lessons, personal growth lessons, and business lessons to take from the different interviews. It's light conversational with a dash of humor. It's as if you were sitting in the living room with friends and learning from these great minds that are doing a work worth shedding a light on. My God, Kika, um, Utrimen, <laughs> man, it really, it really warms the heart. Thank you so much. And uh, these, are, these are the kinds of comments, uh, whether short and pithy or long and extensive and heartwarming, just at these, that really keeps the fuel going, guys. And I can't thank you guys enough uh, for all the wonderful listening, the support, the shares, the reshares. Uh, I really, I really am appreciative, guys. So I really appreciate it. So, um, yeah. So what else is going on? Not much, not much. Uh, I'm saying a prayer for my friend Phil in Texas because uh, Texas apparently is having an ice storm. Uh, so my friend Phil and Liz uh, actually are, are sending me some videos uh, with ice storms and hail and it's the apocalypse over there. So I'm not going to be the snarky one from Quebec, but uh, please be safe. If you're in Quebec, if you're in Texas, uh, I feel you. I feel you, but uh, you'll be okay. I, hopefully, hopefully you'll be okay. So we'll keep monitoring that. Aside from that, uh, getting into today's episode, it's with actually Andy Foe. Andy Foe, a renowned and experienced, talented, super awesome gentleman, uh, tattoo artist out of Texas. And I got to be honest. I really got to be honest on this one because I, you know, I've teased myself a lot about getting a tattoo for myself. But the thing is, I don't know much about the tattoo culture. I really don't. 
I've personally teased my brain with the idea of getting one, but I don't know about tattoo artists. I really don't know anything other than the fact that if you're a tattoo artist and you've truly dedicated your life's journey to specializing in this kind of what I consider very intimate form of art, it's a beautiful thing to behold. So if you're passionate about it, I really admire you for that because it's not something anyone can take on just lightly. I came across Andy's body of work and engaging personality as randomly as an Instagram reel will allow you for that seven-second sound bite, if you will, I could have easily scrolled past it. I really could. But I personally believe that there was something so truthful and empowering about Andy's message that I had to get to know the individual. I just had to. Purely from a layman's per- perspective, I really mean this. When I'm giddy because it's true, guys. When you get to see Andy's impressive work, there is no denying why he's such a well-respected artist. Guy is so, so skilled. And the intention to detail in his work, go to his Instagram page, you'll see what I mean. He's like, he's obviously known all around the tattoo community. As an illustrious tattooer, Andy spent most of his life creating art in New York and Las Vegas and has now settled in Texas with the creation of Upside Tattoo, a new vision for a tattoo environment where he performs custom tattoo work and mentors tattooers of all different styles and experience levels. His patience and do-or-die mentality has accelerated him as a tattooer, building a reputation upon respect and technique within the community. He is continuously pushing the limits of his work, manifesting new concepts into reality. For Andy, the art of tattooing is not a job. It is his life's calling, as it's something that he genuinely lives and breathes. This is not a conversation about the best needle cartridges to use or ink brands he recommends. What motivated me to have Andy on the show is his clear sense of purpose, self-awareness, and humility despite his unquestionable talent. Here is a guy who does not sit on his laurels, but willingly challenges himself mentally, physically, and spiritually in order to consistently fuel his creativity as well as personal growth. On this episode, Andy shares his insights on self-mastery, the willingness to serve, keeping a positive outlook, staying disciplined, and so much more. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 189 with Andy Foe. Here we go. Andy, it is a privilege it is a thrill and it is an honor uh, to uh, have you on the receiving end of the Rece- of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. I always like to start uh, the the recordings by celebrating the guest. I want to celebrate you, Andy, because um, as randomly as it is, like I said, I wasn't aware of you until like some random post that went across my Instagram feed. And I was like, wow, it was a, a short clip uh, about um, your recent attending the MDK project by Visual Cullion. Mm-hmm. And uh, those powerful words that you shared about shifting your mindset and concentrating your pain and where your energy goes, energy flows, and how you can come, how you can overcome some of life's toughest challenges. I don't know why. It was a couple of seconds, as Instagram reels do. But I don't know. Something about that was so genuine and so powerful. But it was more to that. I'm like, I don't know. After going down the rabbit hole and watching a lot of your, uh, a lot of your recordings on, on YouTube, on your YouTube channel, it was something that really that I found really genuine in regards to your will to serve because there's a lot of expertise. I'm not just talking about tattooing because even all your videos, you always say that whether you're a tattoo artist or a creative, whether you're a creative or a business owner or anything, mm-hmm. a lot of the lessons that you like to bring throughout all your messages are about genuine, authentic desire to push oneself towards whatever the next version the next best version of ourselves is and you don't shy away from letting us know that we have to put in the patience we have to put in the time we have to put in the humility we have to put in 
the, um, dare I say, the willingness to keep learning or unlearn. And for someone with such an experience, such a breadth of expertise, such a fantastic catalog, um, I see there a, 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 a genuine sense of heart, um, like I said, empathy, the will to serve, and really wanting to bring us in to your world and take some lessons. We're not all tattoo artists, and we're not always in your world, but of course you're speaking to the people, your niche crowd, but are also speaking to the rest of us who can learn as much as we can from your journey and your words and your vision and just that little sense of perspective and smile that you always bring. And for that, it's something that is not chump change. And I want to celebrate that because it takes a lot of truth to, you know, put yourself out there in all simplicity and honesty and to help us, you know, just take one next step further into our own journey. And that is something I want to thank you for and celebrate you for. Mm -hmm. And with that, opening up the floor and welcoming you to the Awakened Yasin podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. That's quite an intro. I've always downplayed myself my whole life. And like, I'm just now starting to find my voice to like, say a little bit more, a little bit more. So it's an honor for me to be here. I'm a bit nervous. But you know, however this goes, like, don't I'll, be. I'll share as I am. Don't be don't be it's, uh, it's, it's genuine. Um, the words are, are not minced. Uh, it's something that I truly, truly do admire. And um, we were talking about a lot of content that you share and something that one of your most recent videos uh, I invite you guys, anybody listening, please go to YouTube right now. I know we're doing the shameless plugging really early into the recording, but please go to YouTube and subscribe to Andy's channel and go watch his videos. Cause Andy just takes the time always after his runs though. You're a big runner. I was after, yeah. I don't know what is it. You said it yourself about running and how it creates that inspiration. But one thing that you brought forward was about the fact that some miles are better than no miles. And I think that's a good way to bring it, you know, close to some people, to their reality. And understanding that whatever you want to achieve, no matter how far you want to go, you know, one step is better than no step. And I was wondering if, you know, why is it that we are such in a hurry to always want it all right now, this second? Where has this, in, this sense of impatience or lack of tolerance for the process? Where does it come from? Why do we always fall into that trap? Mm. I think the result or the destination always just looks appealing, right? It's like, oh, we want that. We want to get there. And like, for the most part, we don't see the whole process, what it takes to be a tattoo artist, to be an actor, to be a successful business owner, like whatever your thing is, it looks glorious, you know, to like bring the highlights up. And I think that's what social media allows us to do. The news, it just brings up like the highlight points. But all the struggles that comes with it is like, we don't realize like that is what it takes to get there. So you have to be able to embrace that process to make it to that point. If you don't, which a lot of people aren't aware of what you have to endure, then you end up quitting. You know, you stop short and you try to find something else. That's the next glorious thing. And then you realize that there's another set of steps, processes or miles to take to get there. And it's like, Damn, are all these things difficult? And absolutely, all these things are going to be difficult. Uh, you may be more gifted or talented, or you may have a little bit more uh, success at certain avenues, but everything that you're going to uh, attempt in this life is going to have its, its hurdles. A question I hear a lot uh, from our audience, and the way you live your truth and the way you always uh, always seem to stay humble 
and always, as I said, I said in the beginning, always willing to learn. The thing is, I hear a lot of people always fall confused to the word, or let's just not confused, let's just say intimidated by the word purpose. And I know it's a big word. It could mean so many things to so many people, but in your own way, in your own vision and perspective of the world, how do we figure out what it is that's our purpose, Andy? Because a lot of people are crunching numbers. A lot of people are, you know, doing their nine to five, whether that looks like for you, which there's nothing wrong with that. But I don't know, there's been a lot of energy and I'm really big on energy that I've been feeling lately, not just because of the pandemic, a lot of us really scrunched down somewhere in the nether realm of their core are looking for that interpretation of what it is that they are called to do. And that is scary and confusing for a lot of people. And I was wondering if you had any form of guidance in that regard. Mm. Well, linking those two words of like purpose and energy, like what gives you energy, like likely leads towards your purpose. Okay. Um, So most people who don't have a purpose or they're, they're chasing something that isn't meaningful to them, you use more energy. You get tired trying to chase or do something. Um, but when you find a moment when you're, you're super tired, you're super exhausted, and there's something out there that like sparks energy, whether it's like, hey, you want to go draw? And it's like, oh, yeah, like, sure, I don't mind going out and drawing right now. Or, you know, it could just be like, hey, would you mind, you know, taking this phone call and, and you know, helping your friend out? You know, maybe it's just maybe your purpose is not linked to this thing, but it's, it could be an action. Um, but I think it's really what gives you energy. And for me, for example, it's like I'm up at 3.30 in the morning and like waking up at 3.30 is a challenge. But the idea of running isn't what makes me tired anymore. It actually gives me energy. Like that's my morning meditations. I go up for 30 minutes and that's part of my purpose is to be able to like cultivate that energy to figure out like what's the next steps that I'm going to take in the day. After that, you know, what else gives me more energy to continue pushing? It's reading, it's creating art, it's taking care of my daughter, it's creating, you know, tattoos for clients. All these things that I'm doing, even though I'm running on, you know, five, six hours of sleep, energizes me throughout the day. So I don't know if there's actually one big purpose that we need to find, but it's all these little things that like gives us energy and allows us to like pour it back into ourselves and to like other people. Um, as long as you're getting that energy built back up and you're able to like help and serve other people, like, I don't know if there's this like clear cut purpose, but that, that'd be my way of looking at like helping to identify your purpose. Do you believe that different episodes or different events in our lives are, 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 are part of the compass, if you will, mm-hmm. that's going to guide us towards that? Yeah. Um, Perfect example. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was growing up, my dad was an entrepreneur. Uh, always tried different businesses. Businesses failed. Tried new things. He ended up um, stopping. The, he stopped the entrepreneur route and just ended up working. You know, building maintenance, climbed the ranks. Did you know, bu- building foreman. Um, he was involved in a homicide robbery when I was sixteen. Oh, wow. um, I've always asked to work to make money. You know, to just buy myself things. Never let me work. You know, he's just like, just go to school, focus on that. The moment that he passed, he was the head of the household. Um, I had a newfound purpose. 
I had to step into that role and find work so I could help my family wow. out as well. So from that, uh, I did have a drive to be some sort of artist. But the moment your dad passes at 16, you realize you got to put your, your big boy pants on and you got to do some work. So now my purpose shifted to like, how can I make money to sustain myself and you know my mom as best as I could at that age? Um, so now my purpose was like, to just grow up and help in any capacity that I could. That's all that I was capable of at that time. Um, and yeah, so definitely life circumstances happens. Oh, no. uh, when you become a parent, uh, I have a three and a half year old daughter. Wow. Um, your purpose shifts. Now you have to lead this individual to have the best life that you could possibly give. And it's not just with things, it's how to be, you know, how to do things by yourself or as a group. Um, so absolutely, circumstances do change what your purpose is at that particular time. Wow. See? And um, piggybacking off that, and that's something that a lot of people um, don't take into account most of the time, that, you know what, life does happen. You might have the perfect plan, and, you know, there are a lot of us who are over-perfectionists and who are like that clear-cut plan of their life, and it's okay to have a vision. It's okay to have a direction. But guess what? Life is life, and it will throw a monkey wrench when you least expect it. You know, you didn't plan for your father passing away. You didn't plan to actually be the head of a household at 16. What kind of internal dialogue goes between that? Aside from the grief, but also you have like, okay, from day from the day to the next, now you have to actually get on, like you said, big, put on the big boy pants to actually, you know, be the provider at 16. How How do you stay, how do you keep your head about you? How do you not? rebel how do you not get angry how do you not how do you stay in a sense of responsibility and dedication how do you not just like you know what i can't do this how do you not feel sorry for yourself why i'm talking about this is because a lot of people right and i hate using this word because i become a little bit impatient there are so many people who will bring up excuses all right you brought up an amazing circumstance which was the one out of a list of excuses that's a pretty good one to just give up you know what? But you chose to use that as a springboard rather than a crutch. And how do we stay focused in that direction? Well, I'll go, I'll go and clarify because I, I guess the, the way I word the story. So my dad was head of household. After he passed, I worked to help support the family. My mom was working also. So I don't mm -hmm. want to take credit away from my mom. No, of course. The head of, the of course, of there. course. Um, but there are definitely plenty of times you want to go and like fuck off and just not do what is needed. But then you see the, the circumstances, you, not circumstances, the consequences of what takes place if you don't play your part. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those things of like just waking up and just knowing like what happens if I don't do my part, you know, does it just impact me? Does it impact other people? Um, and I'm, I'm very like, I guess I'm like empathetic towards like how other people feel, feel when I do certain things, you know, mm -hmm. I'm very mindful of, of that. So it's like, okay, like if I can contribute and make this situation better, I will, I'll always do my part. I'll do more than my part. If I don't do my part, am I letting people down? Am I letting myself down? You know, cause I generally see myself as a, a positive helping giving person. So if that is the vision of who I am, this ideal, okay, wake up and do that. Wake up and be that. If you don't, then yeah, you're letting other people down. But most importantly, like I let myself down. And these are the dialogues that are going to play within my head 
each and every day if I don't wake up and get to what needs to be done. So you really believe in the internal dialogue, like having that vision of yourself? Oh, it happens all the time. I'm just like, who do you want to be? That's one of the questions that keeps coming up is who are you and what do you want to be? Who are you and what do you be? And I think you have to constantly like refine and mold that on a regular basis because of life circumstances. Uh, you may have to shift who you are and what do you want to be at this time or this period of your life. How do... I'm trying to phrase this question properly is because you said something there where, okay, you have to basically put yourself aside, you know, for the greater good of those that you care about, which is an incredibly noble thing. But a lot of people, again, are afraid or have fallen into the trap, you know, whether 10 years, 20 years, because they had a family life happened and, you know, they just shifted. And I guess what I'm trying to say, how do we not lose ourselves? How do we stay connected to that, that, what which makes us us i'm not sure if i worded that properly because a lot of people taking on those responsibilities taking on these life's challenges they eventually lose themselves and sometimes mm. even undusting and unearthing you know trying to find themselves under that muck just starts being just way too overwhelming and they just give up is there a way not to lose ourselves along the way is there a way not to lose ourselves. I've definitely lost myself along the way many times. Okay. Um, maybe four years into tattooing, like I was working six, seven days a week, 12 to 16 hour days. Wow. And just like, I loved what I was doing, but I, I was doing it just to like play the part and, you know, be the role of like hardest worker in the room. And I certainly like fulfill that role, but it just ended up feeling empty of just like, who am I trying to prove this to? Um, and I got really burnt out. Um, I grew up in a Buddhist household. And we had all these rituals of like lighting incense and going to the temples and doing offerings. And I didn't understand any of it. But there was this point when I was 26, I said, you know what? Like, I'm ready to just drop out of this rat race of, you know, working hard and making money. Like, I went to go be a monk for nine days and I stayed at a temple and I just wanted to ask all the questions about the purpose of life and reincarnation and death and karma and all this other stuff. I was like, what is the point of doing all of this? What is the and point? The eternal question. What is the point? What is, what is the point? And I just, I, I, I asked all the questions. I stayed up. I read all the, you know, whatever they could give me. And I just like thought about all of it. And then by day seven of nine, I had a fork in the road moment of like, do I stay here in solitary and just be a monk for the rest of my life? Or do I leave, be a tattoo artist, marry my girlfriend, who's now my wife, and just be the best person that I could be like outside of this place? And I decided to be a tattoo artist and marry my wife and just be the best person I could to support the people that were around me at the time. Wow. Um, and even outside of that, after I learned to work less, find inner peace, meditate, read more, enjoy life, the temptations come of like, hey, you can make more, you can do more, you can have more, be more. And then it's like you start to forget the mind, body, soul aspect. And you're just looking for like the next thing, you know, and then you're wow. just working hard for it. And that's noble in its own way, too. The one who just gives, you know, straight as a, what does it say, straight as an arrow to mm -hmm. the destination. But still, I find myself that's, that's not me. I can't charge straight forward towards, you know, an uphill of whatever this goal is, 
I have to constantly like wave and just find like, like, am I still here and here? And if I'm not still here and here, like I'm not going to make it over there. Wow. So it, it is for me difficult. And still right now I'm in the middle of building my tattoo shop. And I sometimes want to be a hermit. It's like, why am I building this shop to facilitate other tattoo artists and other employees and have to worry about X, Y, and Z. I could just be doing this by myself. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would be okay, but I probably wouldn't be as fulfilled. So I just feel like, you know what? Doing this is a good thing. I get to help some people on the way. It's not meant to be easy. Uh, if it was easy, then everybody would do it. But the one thing that I've heard which stuck is that anything that, any problems that you have, any struggles that you have, you only have it because you're capable of entering that problem, entering that struggle, or else you wouldn't have it. And I looked at that and I said, oh, I'm very capable of handling this at this time. It's not going to be easy, but I'll take it as it comes. I got that from one of my mentors uh, way back when. He told me, life does not give you problems that you can't handle. Mm. As as weird, as philosophical, woo as that sounds, and he really meant it. Like life does not does not bring up problems that it doesn't believe that you can handle. Whether it was God, whether you're you believe in God or whatever your mm-hmm. your divinity, or you could be a believer, what whatever. But life will not serve you problems that you can't handle. So yeah. it's up to you to rise to the challenge because it is within you. And I applaud you for that. I'm high-fiving you. Like, really, I've seen the, the postings for Upside Tattoo. I really, I, 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 I'm selling you on this one because, like, even gives me, like, the, the, like, you know, the audacity to come down to Austin and come and see you. So it's like, because I want to see, like, opening day. But it's going to happen. It's, it's, it's down the pipeline. It's down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, you said something that um, I wanted to bring in home. I want to talk about, because you talked about uncertainty. Uh, you talk about a lot, a lot that people go through every day about maybe you don't know, but as long as you stay focused and you keep your wits about you and you are focused on your why, um, you'll, because you'll basically be able to define what, what the how is going to be. And I want to talk about fear. I want to talk about something as basic because as I was preparing for this recording, I asked myself the dumbest question ever. What's it like to talk to a person for the first time? Like you've never picked up a needle. You've never talked to anybody. Mm. You've talked about Robert being your mentor and everything. And but. The first day, the first time, the like everybody has a first job. Every day has a first day. I've had crappy jobs, but as a tattoo artist, you are talking about inking someone's skin with a needle, which is going to be a permanent marking on their skin. Mm-hmm. Talk about the fear. Talk about the hesitation. Talk about what is going through your mind. Like, because we're talking about the negative dialogue, right? Like, I can't yeah. do this. I'm going to mm-hmm. fail. I'm going to fuck up. This is bad. You know, I'm a fraud. Like, why am I doing this? How, with, with, with the hindsight, how was that like for you? Uh, before I did my first tattoo, I spent a week trying to find somebody to tattoo. And I thought because I had, you know, art skills already, like people were ready to go. But everyone was waiting to see my first tattoo so that they can get it. And if I don't do a first tattoo, how am I supposed to do my first tattoo? It's the cash point so, too, right? That's right. So... I got, I got disappointed. I was just like, man, I don't know if this is going to work out. I don't know if I'm built to be a tattoo artist. And after a week, I asked my brother, I said, I can't find anybody. Should I just tattoo my legs just to like show somebody something? He goes, no, you're going to regret it. And the next day I had three coworkers. Um, I was working um, at a retail clothing store 
And three coworkers were like, we'll let you tattoo us. And I said, really? I said, yep. All right. So they all came over after work. Um, the first person I tattooed, his name is Daniel, a uh, great artist in Korea right now. And he let me tattoo the registered mark. It was uh, the letter R with the circle mm-hmm. around it, about the yeah. size of a quarter on his ankle. And from what I've heard and what I've understood, most first timers who are tattooing, they go too deep. So if you go too deep, the lines are thicker. It blows out, becomes super blurry. Oh, um, I was afraid of that. I was afraid of inflicting pain. So I did the opposite. I went not deep enough. Wow. Right? So it was so light. It took me about 45 minutes, visibly shaking, sweating with two other friends hovering over me in oh, my wow. apartment. And he's just making faces. He's squirming. I have no idea what I'm doing. It's not staying. And after like 30 minutes, someone finally says the first word and it's like, oh, it looks like you're getting better. And wow. we just we just cracked, you know, the, the tension in the room. We're all just laughing. And I said, you know what? Let me just go deeper. I'm like, sorry, this just has to hurt. And I go a little bit deeper and like half of it stayed, half of it fell out. We ended up uh, touching it up at another point. But that was on the ankle. My first tattoo, immediately after that, I did a finger tattoo. Mm-hmm. That was like bone rattling. It's really delicate, you know, painful spot there. She was making faces. I was terrified. Wow. Um, the third one right after that was on the ribs, which is super fleshy area. Small tattoo. She's squirming. She's making sounds. I'm nervous. So my first day was three small tattoos and all of the worst spots to possibly do. <laughs> they all fell out. I had to redo them. But it's one of those things that like everybody has to start somewhere. And after that, the floodgates opened. I did like 40 tattoos in my first two months no. in between going to school uh, full time, working overtime, and then just like squeezing in little tattoos here and there. It was like a glorious like first two months. Like I, I enjoyed it a lot. That and is that's massive that gave me energy. Everything that I did was like, I'm going to be the best tattoo artist. I need money. I'm finishing school. Uh, I'm going to move out to Vegas to like, I had very little sleep, but everything that I did led me to like, it it guided me towards a purpose of, I know who I'm going to be after I tackle all of these things. Didn't, didn't really, I lost sleep, but I didn't really feel tired at that time. See, there's, there it is. Um, It's a word that everybody loves passion. You know, mm. why do you do what you do? And if you're passionate about what you do, and if you're not afraid to keep learning, um, like I said, I've said, it's something I really admire about you because even with your expertise, you always bring it home, like always be willing to learn, always be willing to humble yourself and take the time to learn. I'm not of the tattoo culture. I am, I have been, you know, teasing myself with the idea of getting a tattoo at some point, but yeah, let's just say it's been five or six years and I have not, you know, budged one bit. I don't even know where would, what I would start. And there are, there's a there's a magnificent tattoo artist community in, here in Montreal. We even have like a, a, a tattoo festival every year. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's crazy. Like, you know, it's it, it's a great community. But I'm, I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe I'm scared. Maybe I'm scared to hurt. I'm scared of pain. But I digress. But it's something that I really admire about you is because if you are not willing to get off your high horse of your own ego, you're going to do yourself a disservice. And what I heard from that story is the fact that, okay, you had some willing victims, (laughs) but guinea pigs, if you will, but there were people who were willing to, you know, step over that threshold with you because, you know, I guess they cared about you enough to help you, uh, you know, put your foot out there. And you yourself needed, needed that experience as crappy as it was, you know, to actually 
tell yourself, you know what, I can do this. And one step led to another. And what can we tell people about the fact that you need to embrace the process? You need to fuck up, excuse, excuse the experience, but you need to, you know, understand that this is going to take some steps. And you know what? There is nothing wrong with the learning experience of failure. Mm. Uh, this is something I talk about a lot, like with so many new tattoo artists, like who just want to know like how to get there. I was like, you're going to have shitty days. You're going to have, you're going to have uh, pieces that you're not happy with. You're going to have pieces that you're going to mess up on. I'm sorry. Like you're going to mess up some permanent tattoos. That's just the nature of it. Um, I've also been in a position where like I'm tattooing clients who are figuring out what they want to do next. And it's never going to be perfect. You're never going to have the best opportunity. Someone's going to, you know, step in front of you in that role or that position. You may get set back a little bit or you may jump ahead. Like whatever it takes to get there, like you just have to enjoy the current act, the current moment. Otherwise, it leads to like stress and anxiety. And then what you're doing is not even fun anymore. Like if you're worried about what the next year of tattooing is going to look like, how can you even focus on this one piece that you have now? And that's very common. Wow. Okay. That's why a lot of tattooers don't progress and get well because they're rushing through this one piece that they're not happy with. And you go, watch one year, I'm going to do portrait tattoos. And it's like, oh. you could be doing portrait tattoos next week if you could really dial in like on this piece right now. And that's the core of what I teach is like, focus on every line, every shading, every solid black. And as you do that one line, wipe it. And what do you think? Can it be better? Mm-hmm. Is it good? Do the next one better. It's like wax on, wax off. If you can make the next line better than the last, if you can do the next thing better than the last, you're going to get to your destination quicker. But it's going to make each process like much more enjoyable instead of like grunting and grumbling with each step that you're taking. Like it's it's a miserable step and those steps are going to be longer. The journey is going to be longer. But however long it is, like you still just have to enjoy it. Otherwise, you're going to step out of the journey. You're going to try to find something else to do. Discipline is hard for some people mm-hmm. because unfortunately, um, I've learned this in my own experience. It has to suck before it gets better, whether short term or long term. You're allowed to disagree, but I believe that you know what there is some there is truth in the term growing pains. If you have to grow, there's going to be some pain associated with it. You know, we grow out of our shoes when we're two or four. We you know you have to you know take off a notch or two of our belts. You know, and a lot of times, a lot of people don't understand that the path towards their own success, whatever it looks like for them is going to take some effort, it's going to take some time, and it's going to take some amount of pain. And when I say the word pain, I don't mean, you know, just sweat, bleed, tears, and sacrifice, but you you have to be able to step out of your of your comfort zone. And can you think of, of moments where in your own journey where you clearly identify like, okay, this is not my comfort zone, but I need to, you know, get over this. You know, can you think of a couple of examples or circumstances, like even with the 10, 15 year career that you had where, you know what? Okay. This is a defining moment. This could either make or break me, but I need to get over this. Mm. A big one recently is, uh, listening and communicating. Okay. So I generally, I think most of us, we, we believe we're generally good communicators and listeners. But I know for me, um, I've had a, a very difficult time with that. 
Um, a lot of it is just due to like, you know, projecting or trying to anticipate the next question or answer or solution rather than just like being still and listening uh, fully uh, being present um, and take my relationship with my wife. For example, like, we've been together for 15 years, married for eight. Oh. And even as recently as the past couple months, learning to admit like, Hey, I'm sorry. Like I didn't, I didn't get that. Okay. Like, I'm sorry. I haven't been present. I haven't been listening. You know, like I've just had all these other things going on and just accepting fault for certain things that ends up being very difficult. Um, and it's the same with coworkers, you know, just having certain things of, you know, people not being felt, seen or heard. And you have to step into that role of uh, apologizing and learning how to communicate better. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's constantly been a struggle, but it's in all aspects, you know, whether it's personal, it's business, it's fitness, like you're always going to have those, those challenges. That is epic. Um, I really meant to ask this one question because again, like I said, I listened to a couple of your episodes, well, pretty much all of them. And when you told that story, um, you're going to know what I'm talking about. When you told that story of your sister sitting you down and making that drawing as simple as it was a couple of minutes and you didn't see what you, what she was doing, but then she turned it over and, you know, gave you that drawing of yourself. Yeah. Now, my, I'm very big, uh, cause I read a book, uh, by Dr. Phil, um, self matters. And he, there's a really big part dedicated to the term of defining moments. There are only a few defining moments in, in one's life. I don't know. We don't know each other, but I believe the way you shared it, that there was a defining moment in your journey. Now, have you ever any time at any point stopped to think what would have happened if you know, she had not sat you down and shared that drawing with you. Or she basically, you know, made that drawing and just walked away. You know, mm. have you ever thought what would be the, what would have been the impact on your journey had that particular portrait not been created? I've never thought of it, but I would, I would think that I don't think we're necessarily like destined or like we have these skill sets that are like, Oh, this is in our blood. Like, if something else caught my attention like that intensely could have been something else could have been Legos. Like if somebody showed me Legos before I didn't, I didn't play with Legos for, I don't know till when, definitely when I wasn't a kid, but if someone would have showed me Legos and I was just as enamored with that as someone showed me like a, a Lego sculpture, I might have ended up becoming some sort of sculpture artist or building Legos or doing something of that nature. So it's whatever, like I think is shocking, interesting, exciting, something that like really shakes up your, your being at that moment is going to compel you to like, that's a, that's a life changing moment. The the project was one of them, you know, the, the MDK project that Beatrice mm -hmm. puts on, like I've had several of those shocking moments there, but um, yeah, I never thought of that one. That's a good one. Three <laughs> <laughs> for a loop there. Yeah, it did. Um, I, I believe like something will catch our attention sooner than later, you know, and if it's a missed opportunity at the time and if I was really called to do art, like art would have fallen into my lap at some point, one way or another. But that, that was definitely the defining moment for me. Nice. Yeah. You're a father. I'm a father. 
And you mentioned in your own words that we're all artists until probably the age of five or six, and then life mm -hmm. takes over. Everybody starts criticizing and say, don't do that. Go be serious. Go do something practical. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I always try to catch myself because my daughter is a diehard creative. She's okay. Yeah. She's on the ADD, she's on the ADD spectrum. So mm -hmm. it's always about like the next ideas. Like now I want to make bracelets. Now today I want to make a castle. Mm -hmm. Like tomorrow I want to do dancing. Now today I want to go catch squirrels. It's all over the place. Yeah. How as adults, since we know the ugliness and the, you know, let's just call it the, um, the cynicism that awaits them down the line of this thing called life. But how do we not intoxicate them and their innocence and their naivete? How do we not be the Debbie Downers? Because I've seen a couple of snaps of, uh, of you just like, you know, just doing painting with your daughter. I think that's so cute. But yeah. uh, how do we not be those those parents who just like, you know, shut them down? You know, because, hey, we we just want them to be, you know, just focused and serious and stuff. But I believe you set a great example there by always reminding that, you know, there's always a creative in, in all of us. But I wish for people listening to us who do have kids to, you know, be mindful of the fact that we do have a tremendous influence into their journey. Mm. I'll start by saying, like, I'm biased because like I want I, I love art. So I share a lot of the art stuff with her. And it's like, if she becomes an artist, great. And if she doesn't, I'm a, I get a little bit like, oh, how come you don't want to paint today? Right? But if I, if I say that to her, that, that's a semi-influence of like, oh, dad wants me to like paint or do something. But um, we're, we're doing our best, me and my wife, Erica, to like, to almost play an improv game. And the idea of improv is yes and. Mm -hmm. so like whatever she wants to do like right now she's into like bugs so she's got a national geographic bug book she's got a net in a little container and it's like she wants to catch fire ants and it's like okay yeah okay. let's let's go catch them and put them in a the thing but be careful that they bite so it's you know letting them explore their full curiosity still protecting them as far as like serious harm and injury but I don't want to tell them like, that's not a good idea or it's not going to make money because like, that's, those are things that I was told, especially the same thing with art too. So it's like, if you want to go study bugs, that's great. If you want to go play instruments, that's fine. Like I, I don't want to be in a place to tell her what she can or can't be because that's where the, the hindrance begins. So there's a lot of restraint that comes from parents. Like we want to protect them and save them humiliation and fear and rejection. But it's like, if you really want this, if you really want to be a bug catcher, like, good luck. Like, you're going to have these challenging moments or you're going to have these resistance. Like, if you, if you want it, like, you have to earn it. You have to work for it, whatever that thing is. So a lot of it comes from our own restraint of just, like, not imposing if, if we want them to thrive in the way that is conducive to them. Wow. Man. Andy, I can't tell you how full... I feel, and I'm sure those of us listening to us to this recording tonight are just as well filled with so much gratitude, so much joy, and, you know, so much hope, you know, just looking and having the privilege to see the world through your wonderful perspective. I want to keep my promise. I don't want to keep you up too late. You're a busy guy. Mm -hmm. And I want to say thank you uh, for taking this time. As I'm going to say it again, you know, it's a most precious resource. It's the one that we can't recreate and we can't give back. So for what it's worth, I want to say Thank you for sharing your knowledge, uh, your truth, your heart, your amazing personality and energy with our audience. And I can't thank you enough. And I just want to say how grateful I am for this time of uh, being, you know, just being here for us and sharing uh, this wonderful breath of knowledge with us. Thank you so much.
Mm, thank you so much. And I'll come back full circle. Like you say, time is like, like the most, like the important, valuable resource. Like it is, but I, I believe energy is more valuable because that can be like stretched over time, you know? So like the, the, the knowledge, the insight, the wisdom that we gain and we share here, like we're able to take that energy and apply it for the rest of our lives. So like we may actually be getting more out of the time that we do have left out of this. So I just want to thank you for giving me this opportunity. Like, likewise, in return, you fill my cup as well. So thank you so much, brother. Man. We always have a running tradition on the podcast, just signing off. Uh, we always like to open the floor to the guests, kind of a red carpet, you know, just no, not putting you under the spot. What I like to call the next step, um, basically just a sonnet, a book, a personal quote, personal mantra, morning routine, anything that any of the Royal listeners can use as a next step, you know, that you can wake up tomorrow as a next step towards their next level. Is there anything we can leave the listeners with? Mm. You know, whenever we choose to do something today, tomorrow, and like in our life, like we don't do it for like the present day feelings, like we do it for our future selves, you know? So as much as we don't want to wake up and do this thing, as much as we don't want to go out there and, and do whatever that action is, like we do it because we know that if we fulfill these different steps, we're going to reach the higher version of ourselves. So it's always just a matter of like looking ahead, but being present one step at a time, one action at a time. We're going to be okay the entire way. <laughs> Thank you so much, Andy. But of course, shameless plugging time. Where can the listeners connect with you if they want to follow up or have a terrific look at your amazing work and catalog? Where can they connect with you on the interwebs? Uh, the best one right now is Instagram uh, at Andy Foe. Uh, I'm really starting to grow the YouTube channel, and that's I'm For Real on YouTube. I will connect it. Not a problem. Guys, I will make all the connections to all of Andy's web presences on the blog post once it goes live. Guys, I can't say it any better. Please follow Andy. Go give him some likes. Show up for his work. If you're in Austin, look out for the grand opening of Upside Tattoo. Whenever that happens, I don't have a date yet, but follow him on Instagram for all the updates and get on his client list. And what, even if it takes two years, go get a tattoo from Andy. Anyway, I'm, I'm really pushing out a lot of great energy into the universe. Guys, uh, you hear the excitement because it's genuine. Guys, we need people like Andy to keep pushing this message of positivity and awesomeness into the world one step at a time. Wherever these words find you, do stay blessed. Stay safe. See you next, at the next episode. And as always do, stay awesome. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We always love to get your feedback, so please do drop us a line via Instagram, Facebook, or email. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Do visit our official website at awakentheawesome.ca, where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review, as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and spreading the word to more awesome listeners like you. We always appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.